0: morning all, uh, I just want to share a thought with you this Palm Sunday of 2021 from one of the readings for this morning and it comes out of the 12th chapter of John's Gospel and um, it's sometimes referred to as the triumphal entry from uh, verse 12. So it says this, the next day the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, and he's quoting here, uh, John is quoting uh, the book of Zechariah, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Verse 16 says, At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. You've probably heard it preached uh, from this text before that what's going on here? is a whole bunch of stuff that points to Jesus arriving in Jerusalem as king. Uh, so the passage from from Zechariah is, is messianic in the sense that it, it, it talks about the king coming to Jerusalem to claim his throne and to put things right. And um, I wanted to pick up Uh, just on something that comes out of that last verse that I read, verse 16, where it says that at first his disciples did not understand all this. It was only after Jesus was glorified that they realized what exactly was going on. Uh, I've talked before, uh, even last week, about the fact that when John talks about Jesus' glorification, he is talking about Jesus' crucifixion, actually, and this is one of the mysteries of the Gospel, that Jesus' crucifixion is presented in Scripture as like his coronation, the moment where his kingdom is seen most clearly, and who he is, is seen most clearly. It's as though he is enthroned as he is crucified, according to the Gospel writers and John in particular in this point. So as Jesus is glorified, enthroned as he is crucified, uh, they realised what was going on. His disciples realised what was going on in this moment. I don't know if you are familiar with a kind of scenario where you've got the inside track on something where you understand something a little better than other people do about something in particular that you're passionate about. Um, By way of illustration, I'll tell you a story. When uh, I was 18, Ben Hart and Nathan Bass and I, we uh, went and did some traveling and The first uh, place where we spent some time was in South Africa and uh, I had saved up to to buy some things that I thought would be important for me on my trip around uh, the world and one of those things that I spent a bit of money on was a pair of boots so I probably spent more on this pair of boots than I'd spent on just about anything at that stage of my life. Uh, They were a few hundred dollars at the time and uh, they were these special boots that were finished with a particular oil so that uh, you didn't have to uh, polish them, right? Uh, These boots just, they had this oil finish that meant they were were, were water resistant and that sort of stuff, but you just left them. And uh, staying in a place in South Africa it's a bit different to here, for a bunch of uh, mostly unfortunate reasons. But there's 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 maids uh, everywhere in South Africa, and there was a maid in the place that we were staying, and I had left my three hundred dollar boots out um, just at the door while I was doing something else, and I came back uh, one day to to find that the maid had thought she was doing me a favor by taking these boots and polishing them Uh, she thought they looked maybe a little bit too matte and they needed a buff up and a shine up and the thing uh, about that while she was trying to help actually she ruined she ruined those boots they weren't made to be polished and and the nice oil finish uh was was wrecked because Uh, they had been polished it's a bit like you know some people who collect um, whether it's cars or surfboards or even antiques um, there is a situation that happens sometimes where uh, you know someone who isn't in the know might buy an antique and then paint it and and effectively ruin it right And, and the collector would be horrified because even though there's something maybe potentially a little bit shabby or dated looking about that piece of furniture or that vehicle in its original um, sort of unadulterated form, Uh, it's worth a lot more that way than it is if you whack a coat of paint on it or in the case of a car if you take out the original parts and put modern parts in. Somehow you diminish the value maybe you've been halfway through a project around your house and uh, you know you've taken something mechanical apart this happens to me sometimes with kids and and I'll leave the pieces just so and it might look like I've just left a mess out but it's because I'm halfway through something and the the nuts are all you know in sequence so that I know when I go to put that thing back together what order the nuts go back on in and then one of the kids will come and clean up Right, you know that scenario where it's like you know what's going on in a moment, and it might look like something's unfinished. It might not look, uh, uh, it might not conform to the ideals that someone else might have, but actually, there's something going on that's really significant there that someone else could miss the point of. I think that's what's happening in this passage here, where it says the disciples didn't understand what was going on with Jesus coming into Jerusalem on this donkey's colt until after he was glorified. Jesus was very intentional in this moment. If you read the other gospel accounts of what happens here, he chose to ride in to Jerusalem on that donkey's colt. And in all of the stories, John included, where the people recognise Jesus as King and it says they shout Hosanna, they're caught up in a moment of fervour and joy because they know the story of the Messiah returning to Jerusalem to sort things out, to implement God's justice and God's rule. They're excited about that. Jesus is is accepting of that praise in all of the accounts. He he doesn't push back against it, as we've seen. He sometimes does with uh, people as they recognise his messiahship because his hour has come. So there's this moment where he intentionally takes the colt of a donkey and rides into Jerusalem. People recognise him as the king returning to Jerusalem, and he accepts it. Sometimes said that you know Jesus should, in some ways, have been riding a, a military steed or a, a royal mount coming into Jerusalem. He, he should have, as the king of Jerusalem and the king of Israel, uh, he should have played up to that. He, he, he was worthy of, of coming in in a, in a way more befitting of a king, not so humbly but coming in as a part of a, uh, you know, majestic procession. But no, the gospel writers tell us that he chose to come the way that he came. And I wonder about the extent to which those crowds recognised him as the messianic king on the one hand, but imagined that. He was just beginning, right? The fact that he was coming in in this humble way was just a means to an end. That he would assert his authority once in Jerusalem, he would he would somehow take for himself, let's say, a horse more fitting for a king. He would uh, overthrow the religious leaders that were corrupted by Roman influence and he would help to drive the Romans out of Jerusalem and then he would take the form of a king that they were familiar with, that's why they were so excited and yet, John in his gospel here says, what he was doing actually made sense at the moment of his crucifixion which was his glorification. He had no intention of coming any other way as the returning king. By riding this cult of a donkey, he was showing something about his kingdom, that it is peaceful, he's the prince of peace, that it is humble, that it doesn't seize power in the way that the the powers of this world operate. In um, Colossians, it talks about the fact that Jesus, in his crucifixion, disarmed the powers and authorities. That he made a public spectacle of them, tri- triumphing over them by the cross. This is how the kingdom of God works. Jesus's um, ride. In this instance, the colt of a donkey isn't, isn't an accident. It isn't a means to an end. It isn't a speed bump on his way to coming in on a majestic horse. This is the clearest picture, Scripture tells us, of who Jesus is. This is the kind of king that he is. This is the kind of power that he wields. The power of one who gives his life for his enemies. When um, Luke tells this story, he talks about the fact that Jesus wept over Jerusalem in verse 41 of chapter 19. It says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. And then he says, uh, judgment's going to come against Jerusalem, it's going to be encircled by every side. Uh, the, 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 the people of Jerusalem will be dashed um, to the ground and not one stone of Jerusalem will be left on top of the other, it says, because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you there's this funny thing that we do on Palm Sunday where we kind of uh, remember this moment by emulating those crowds in some ways by copying them we will wave palm branches in the church service today and we'll shout Hosanna but what's kind of scary about that is those people who shouted Hosanna that day who waved palm branches even the disciples didn't necessarily get what jesus was doing it says jesus wept for those who in that moment received him as king because they didn't quite understand what kind of king he was and what kind of kingdom he was implementing even his disciples didn't quite understand until after the event one of the things that i really enjoy about my job as as a teacher, at, um, a teacher of theology and, and the Bible, is I get to have these deep conversations with Christians from all around the place who have decided to come and engage with their, their, their faith um, in a serious way and to commit themselves to study and I'll tell you the scariest thing that I encounter regularly amongst Christians, and um, you know I, I, I'm not separating myself from From this critique, Uh, because this is what I think this passage is saying to me, but the scariest thing that I encounter in Christians when they're asking questions about the kingdom of God or the end of the world, uh, what it's going to look like, say, when the king visits again, to use the language from Luke's gospel, when the king comes to us. What scares me is that there's a potential that we as Christians might miss Jesus, might miss his coming, his visitation. We have an expectation that he'll come again. But we might miss him when he does come for the same reasons that the crowd in this story, that the city of Jerusalem missed him that first time around. There can be, I've found in, in Christians as I talk to them and even in my own theology as I've kind of poured over it over the last years of my life, there can be an expectation that Jesus will come some other way and the way that he came in the first century is somehow a blip. It's somehow an anomaly. It's like an old chair that needs a coat of paint somehow. What the disciples see here in John's Gospel is that it wasn't a blip, it wasn't a road bump, it wasn't an anomaly. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is the kind of king that Jesus is. He came on the colt of a donkey because he is the Prince of Peace. Sometimes we might be tempted to think that it was something that he settled for to come that way and he will come again riding on a majestic steed, the steed of a warrior. The mystery of the gospel has revealed in this passage what those disciples John said saw after his glorification is that the donkey's colt is the warrior steed. In the kingdom of God, that is the manifestation of God's character and of the power of the kingdom that he embarrasses the powers of this world by coming humbly and being willing to die. I'm gonna leave it there. Let me pray for us briefly. God, I pray that we would be like the disciples who when they beheld you on the cross, realized that you had always intended to do things that way that all of the mysterious things that you did and said about the kingdom, about uh, the humble way that you came, it all made sense in life. The cross help us to be like that, Lord. People who understand and perceive this mystery, that you're enthroned even as you're crucified. God, I pray that we wouldn't be like those crowds that Jesus wept for, who while they yearned for a king. They yearned for the Messiah. They yearned for the coming of God. They had a picture in their head that meant they missed you when you were actually there, when you were doing what you came to do. Lord, I think about John's vision of you at the end of time in the book of Revelation. The picture that he uses of you most, the little lamb that was wounded, lord may we look upon you and see you as you are the prince of peace the king not just of jerusalem and and israel but of the world of our lives help us to accept your rule and reign in our life help us to be conformed to the pattern of your kingdom lord may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven Hosanna. I'll see you later, Gornstein.